Initialize sequence. Yo, what up? This is Prozac. This is Shaq's too dope from Insane Cloud Posse. Yeah, this is Reese. Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine. What's up? This is Mad Child. This is your boy Spider-Man, a.k.a. Brother Lynch. Huh? Jared from Head P.E. Yo, what up? This is Hop. My name is Recognized. This is Boondock. Yo, this Blaze Dad, homie. Welcome to the Underground, Australia's home of underground music. The legendary Bruce Pritchard of the Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Pritchard joins us on the Underground. Bruce, how are you? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, that's great to hear. Now, you must be just about ready to jump on the plane, though, Bruce. You're heading our way this weekend. Sure am, and I'm so looking forward to it. My first time to Australia, and I'm going to be in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, so it's going to be as much of a treat for me as it is anything. Oh, nice, man. Well, I was about to ask you if, if this is your first time out here. Bruce, what are your first thoughts when you sort of think of Australia? Well, for me, it goes back to wrestlers who have been in Australia back in, I'm going to say, the 50s and 60s. And from guys like Mark Lewin and King Curtis Ikea, Jim Barnett, who was a promoter in Australia, and so much came from that foundation over to the States with television and a lot of those stars that made it big there and my my dear friend Jerry Briscoe was in Australia in the 60s and just so many of the stories Pat Patterson just so many of those stories that they have told me I just always wanted to go and experience it myself and just kind of be a part and see it that is awesome right there man and I was going to say I'm going to hit you with this nice and early are you packing the budgie smuggler the what? <laughs> I'm getting you ready for some Australian lingo. You've never heard of a budgie smuggler? I don't know what a budgie smuggler is. Oh, that's just a little bit of Australian humor right there, Bruce. That is the male G-string thong. Ah, you know what? I won't have, no, I won't have the budgie smuggler. No, no, we won't do budgie smuggling. <laughs> that is good to hear. The reason I bring that up, Bruce, is I was actually at the first ever Astronomicon last year in Michigan, which you were also at, and it was some of the most cold, chilling weather ever. And I was thinking, well, he's not going to have to worry about that this time around. No, yeah, yeah, a little change of pace because I just left the Northeast where it was about 30 degrees and the week before that I was in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania and it was 7 degrees. Wow. Yeah, we experienced some of the most worst weather ever when we were over there, and I thought, well, Bruce, you're in for a treat because it's nice and warm out here at the moment. But we'll switch it up from the silly stuff onto the live show. What can people expect from this, Bruce? Does it change up from show to show, or is it sort of a standard package? Well, it's obviously going to be different for this because it's going to be a solo show. It's just going to be me. And the difference is is that it's going to be a little bit more personal about me, but also you're going to get the story and the behind-the-scenes stuff that we just can't tell and talk about on the podcast because maybe a little too salacious, a little too inside. Maybe we'll dabble in some drugs and some personal stuff. But it'll be an awful lot of fun. Might get a song or two and some dancing as well. So a lot of audience participation. We do a Q&A and that all open up and just looking really forward to it. Every town is different, so every show is different. That's what we like to hear right there, Bruce. And I guess you pretty much have seen and done it all. With your resume, the whole wrestling business is just straight up amazing. I wanted to know, how do you define success? Oh, boy. What are you asking this question? 
four years ago, I would have had a different answer. But I think that for me right now, one of the craziest things that, that happened in my career was when I started the podcast. My feeling on it initially was I didn't think anybody cared and I didn't think anyone would listen. So when the podcast really took off the way that it did and the numbers of downloads and the numbers of people that actually listen to the show and I found out, well, they did care. And to me, to be able to get to that level, I thought, eh, that was a big one for me and I, and I considered that extremely successful and that was a victory for me. That's exactly right. Like doing a tour like this as well, it's not just, you know, you're not part of a live show, they're all there for you, Bruce, so it's a big feather in your cap. Well, yeah, it's it's very humbling, to say the least, when you, you get there. We've done shows, and the live shows are my favorite because it's the immediate interactions, the immediate response from the audience, and, and it's the interactions. So I love it. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I'll switch things up now, Bruce, to the, the current scene of wrestling. And I, I want to know, what are your takes on all elite wrestling? Do you think it'll be a genuine match for the WWE? You know, time will tell. I have no idea. I don't know what their business plan is. And, I mean, they haven't even run a show yet. So I think that time will tell. And I wish them the best of luck. I hope that they're successful because a successful company makes everyone better. And if you have have something that's challenging and nipping at your heels, then that makes us all better. But we'll, we'll see. I don't know what they're, what they're planning to do. And I'm anxious to kind of watch it all play out. Yeah, it's some very exciting exciting times. I was thinking it might be a return of those glory days of the Monday Night Wars, Bruce. That'd be kind of cool. That's sort of where I grew up on wrestling and uh, it'd be awesome to see it back at that stage where WWE had like a legitimate competitor. Well, uh, you know, again, all competition helps and anything that can, you know, get us there, the better. Most definitely, man. Now, I'm a big TNA guy, and I wanted to say that I loved your gut check segment back in the day. <laughs> like That was, honestly, for me, I thought, when they had you on there, I thought they were heading in the right direction. What, what are your sort of takes on TNA at the moment, Bruce? Well, it's interesting you bring that up, because our most downloaded show was a show that we did on TNA, and it was like a four-hour show, and, and I really got deep into a lot of the things that took place there, some good, some bad. But one thing that TNA always has had that I think gets lost in the shuffle is they've had some of the really best talent out there come through. You, you look at Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, just a lot of that talent that came through TNA, Jeff Hardy was WWE before, but it was, I think AJ, you could say, he was a TNA grown guy. Same thing with, with Joe, Bobby Roode, EC3. Those guys that made their name and made a following there, but the business and the company itself, I think, struggled to take it to the next level uh, all too often. And it wasn't, wasn't necessarily the talent's fault. They had some really great talent there throughout those years. Yeah, yeah, they, they certainly did. It's interesting that you say that. Like, AJ Styles is probably the best example of that. Like, he went to WWE, just totally skipped past NXT and straight to the main roster. He was so slept on there, I felt like. Just such a talent, and I personally think he's one of the best wrestlers of all time right there. Well, I think sometimes the, the talent is judged by their environment. And that may have been the case with, with AJ Styles, because mm. you take AJ out of that environment, he's, he's just as good, but yet the environment around him added to that success. 
Yeah, yeah, most definitely there, man. It's interesting to talk about that because my next question was, who do you think is the greatest piece of talent that you've seen that has just never seemed to sort of make it here, say? Ooh, see, that is a tough one. It's never had the opportunity. That That is a hard question. And again, I would go back and, and before he came, I would always point at, point at AJ and Joe. Mm. Those were two guys I thought could take it to the next level outside. You know, I, I know people are always talking about Kenny Omega and the Bucks and things like that, but it's, I don't know. I, I really don't know if if they would be able to to take it. I, I look at guys like Pentagon and Phoenix who are megastars. There, there's something about Pentagon that is so unique and, and he has an unspoken charisma in a lot of ways and then when he opens his mouth, you don't even know what the hell he's saying. <laughs> you get it because of the emotion. And, and maybe, I think right now Pentagon would probably be the guy that given a different environment would, would soar to the moon and he's doing great in his own right where he is. Yeah, that's a great answer right there, man, and I appreciate it. And apologies for catching you off guard there. And speaking of catching... No, I, I love that. Makes me think. Well, here's one that might make you think, Bruce. I'm, you know, go for something different a little bit here today. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't involved in wrestling? Well, I did mortgages for a while, and in the mortgage business, just kind of trying to help out on the marketing and recruiting side there. Probably something like that. I tried to sell cars for three weeks. I sold one. <laughs> that that just wasn't, you know, wasn't my gig, wasn't my cup of tea. So I know it wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but uh, probably just something really working with people and trying to work with young talent and creating. If I had the opportunity to create either a new product or, or just work with people, that would be it. Yeah, nice. I like that right there. And switching things up once again, I want to get a non-wrestling recommendation from you, Bruce. It can be anything. Like, what's something that you do outside of wrestling that you would recommend listeners check out or do? Oof. Well, I, I tell you, it, it, because I'm in the television business and I, I, I love TV and, and series and things like that, but it, Bill, there, there's two shows that are on my, I, I, I do tape them if I'm unable to watch them, but there's only two shows that I even watch live when they're on, and that's Billions on Showtime. There you go, yeah. The Affair on Showtime, because they the, the storytelling in both of those programs are, is absolutely the best there is on television right now. Nice, there you go. So, what were they again? Billions was one of them. Billions and The Affair. And The Affair, there you Both go. Both on Showtime, and I have no ties to Showtime at all, but those are my two. Can't miss. First thing I watch, if I do miss it, doesn't matter. They're the best shows on TV right now. Oh, that's nice right there. And I jumped on your website last night, Bruce. I was spun out. Coming soon to the Bruce Pritchard website is weddings. What is going on there, man? Exactly. I'm an ordained minister, and I will go and I will perform your wedding ceremony for you. And I've done a couple so far, and they're an awful lot of fun, and we try to have fun with them, just throwing in bits from the podcast, but also bits from Brother Love and whatever the bride and groom are looking for. That's awesome. Uh, They've been a lot of fun so far. But yes, I am an ordained minister. Oh, I like that right there. Yeah, I saw that and I thought, wow, I've been married for, what, 13, 14 years. If only I could turn back time sort of thing. That is great right there. I think that would be fantastic. 
<laughs> that's a, that's an eternity to be married. I've only been married for 24 years, 23 years. So yeah. they all look at me like I'm crazy. How did you do that? <laughs> I'm never home. It works. Yeah, that's right, right there. I worked with a guy who used to be like, oh, you get more for murder. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Back on your live show, it's all going down this weekend. Friday night in Sydney at the Factory Theatre, Saturday in Melbourne at the Thornbury Theatre, and Brisbane at the Trifford. You mentioned you're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that you don't discuss on your podcast. You said you can delve into you know, some of those backstage stories that no one knows about. Is there any anything sort of more that you can add to that to let us know before the big dates? Well, it's going to be, we're going to dive into the personality of the chairman, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. There we and go. we've got, yeah, so it's talking about just some really intimate stories with Bobby Heen and Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake. And it is, as we go on, just topics that I was uncomfortable talking about, but that people have asked me and whatever anybody else wants to talk about as well from the audience. So I love to leave it open. And what happens is, is I'll take something in the Q&A and that will shoot me off into another direction and hey and I've got this story I'll tell you and move on from there it's a lot of fun definitely you can pick up your tickets now through destroyalllines.com there's VIPs available as well where you can meet and greet with Bruce Stubby Holders front row seating the works hey you know what and I finally and I found out what a stubby holder is <laughs> they sent me you know and I, I sent them pictures of koozies and they said hey we're giving away stubby holders what the hell is a stubby holder and they sent me back my own pictures I said oh okay I got it yeah a koozie right there and that's why I hit you with the budgie smuggler earlier on in the interview because I'm like, well, he's going to be a seasoned veteran when it comes to Australian silly lingo now, and I like to sort of, you know, sometimes catch guests off guard with ridiculous things like that, and yeah, some of my American buddies had no idea what a stubby holder was, and we like to joke about the budgie smuggler and whatnot, but that's funny you say about the koozie. Well, I figured it out now, and I got it, by God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what taking the piss is, Bruce? Well, I know what taking a piss is. What what are you what is you're taking a piss? Now this is taking the piss. So if I was to oh. take the piss out of you. <laughs> taking the piss, okay. Um I hope someone wouldn't take my piss. <laughs> This is fairly common out here. To take the piss, I think you guys over there say busting balls like you're making fun of somebody. Oh, okay. Taking the piss. Yeah, so if I, if I was to take the piss out of Bruce Pritchard, that would be me making fun of you, which I wouldn't do, man. But yeah, so there's another bizarre one that we often joke about because it's the most ridiculous thing ever. You guys have a lot of time on your hands down under. I like it. <laughs> All right, man. Um, <laughs> last question. My 13-year-old son, Bruce, he's outgrown wrestling. How do I get him back into it? You know, I think that's right about the age, but he's going to go He's gonna go away for maybe about a year and then just feed him back. And, and right now we have some of the most beautiful women on the planet. <laughs> True. Competing, and they're also some of the greatest athletes you'd ever want to see. That might bring him back. Yeah, true. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out and, and letting us know about it, Bruce. Very much looking forward to it. It all goes down this weekend. Pick up those tickets, destroyalllines.com, and be sure to hit this man up, brucepritchard.com. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. Ned, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Have a good one. How? What? It's the underground.